I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. If it didn't look so utterly stupid, you wouldn't have had people like having doubts about whether it was even a Pokemon at all. And now, coming to you live from atop the Lavender Town Radio Tower, it's the one, the only, Pucko Podcast! It's Pucko! Pucko! It's Pucko! Pucko! Pokemon Underground Champions League, oh yeah. Let's go! Grab your friends, it's that time again. Listen to the show with the phone and the friends. It's Pucko. Pucko! Oh yeah. Pucko! It's your host, Trigger Dash, and your co-host. And welcome to the 358th episode of the Puckle Podcast. I am your host, Trainer Thatch, and I've got a couple of excellent co-hosts here today, including the heartthrob himself, Mr. Maximus. Howdy, ladies. How y'all doing this afternoon, evening, or morning? you like to see me. I love that you played on that. That's so good. And then, of course, we have the co-host that I have to vacuum up after every time she's here. The fluffiest whimsicott. You don't have to vacuum after me today because I am fanning myself after what Max was just said. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that's, uh, yep. That's a good time. But welcome to the Puckle Podcast. Puckle, of course, standing for the Pokemon Underground Champions League, uh, a Pokemon podcast where we talk everything from the video game to the trading card game to occasionally Pokemon Mystery Dungeon, though I keep saying we're going to do that and I just never do. One day we'll do a Mystery Dungeon episode. It's going to be probably like December, maybe January. (laughs) Yeah, and I guess one day I'll play a Pokemon Mystery Dungeon title for more than like seven minutes i tried playing super mystery dungeon or what's the one that just came out the the most recent one that was super mystery dungeon super mystery dungeon mm-hmm. yeah, yeah the one for that's the, the 3DS. one i have so mystery dungeon bothers me for a lot of reasons because um when it gets to gets to pokemon i've been so brainwashed into the gotta catch them all mechanic that mm. if i don't have an easy access to the gotta catch them all i feel like eh, i don't really want to play this game and we can we can discuss later why that why how that might contribute to the way I feel about let's go Pikachu and let's go Eevee, but uh, I really feel that way about Mystery Dungeon, especially because it's really hard to recruit things. I really hate that recruitment method of just randomly maybe they'll join you. I really yeah. dislike that. I, I like having controlled environments for that type of stuff, but 
that's just who I am. That's why I couldn't get into. There was a game that actually predated Pokemon called I think it was Dragon Dragon Quest Monster Hunters. I think that was what it was called, and it was essentially a catch them all or a poke or a monster collecting battling game essentially. And they used the same type of mechanic, and that was just really disappointing to me. Pokemon really got mm-hmm. it, got the lockdown on the whole, like, yeah, just throw Pokeballs at them until they stick, you know? Yeah, yeah. I mean, they they mm. did come up with the catchphrase, so... Yeah, they did a really good job it's with like, that. It's they, like, they, they knew that was the concept they wanted to, to go with. Yep. And so if the game doesn't have a Pokemon-esque capture system, I'm just not a big fan. Super Mystery Dungeon kind of fixed that because after you beat the quest, you collect the Pokemon when you're done. And that's okay for me. But at the same time, it doesn't make the game that much fun, especially when they're just like, hey, level 50 Salamence required by the story. Here you go. (laughs) Yeah, I'm just not a fan of the gameplay mechanics. Yeah, I can agree with that. I heard, though, that the story was really good, though, in uh, particularly the Gen 4 Mystery Dungeon games. I cannot speak to that. Yeah, and that's why I have to give them a chance. They're on the Wii U Virtual Console, so I might do it. might dust off my Wii U. Go get them on the Wii U Virtual Console. Wait, oh, you can still God. buy stuff on the Wii U Virtual Console? Yeah, they haven't. you can still buy stuff on the Wii Virtual Console. <laughs> really? Wait, wait, really? Yeah. I did not know that. Yeah, fun fact. Yeah, you can still go on there and still download it. They might have killed the Wii's internet, though. I'm not sure. I think they just oh. killed it for, like, peer-to-peer gameplay, but I think their shop's still open on the Wii. I might be mistaken. Each virtual console was the thing back in the day. Yeah, yeah, I mean, most of it's all on the Wii U, though. You can go get it on the Wii U, and the Wii U still exists. I mean, I have all of, like, the Fire Emblem games on my Wii U, and all of that good stuff, because I'm a, I'm a video game player guy. <laughs> <laughs> but I do want to try Mystery Dungeon, though. I think that would be a good time, just to play through Mystery Dungeon, and then Uncle Oshawa can have his day. Honestly, the most interesting part of Mr. Dungeon for me was how I got Chikorita from the quiz in Super Mr. Dungeon. Remember this? Mm-hmm. And literally everyone, even people who didn't know a Chikorita from a Pikachu, said, yeah, that's you. <laughs> <laughs> like, remember, like, this is one of my favorite stories, like, Everyone, everyone was telling me, yeah, you're totally Chikorita. And I'm like, what? Wait, what? Why? And I showed my boyfriend a picture of all the possible starters. And I'm like, so it's a personality test. Guess which one I got? And he's like, the zucchini thing. The zucchini thing. (laughs) Wow. (laughs) It was so freaky. Like, I guess I got the wrong grass type Pokemon to represent myself. I don't know. If anybody were to animate this podcast and like in terms of like giving, you know, little caricatures to our voices, I would be totally okay if they essentially just drew the Chikorita from the Johto Journeys episodes of that one girl named Casey with the Chikorita that always wore the like yellow headband and mm-hmm. that was you. I, I could I feel like that's a fair personification. <laughs> I I have only like the faintest concept of that ever existing i will have to look that up somebody has not been watching twitch that uh, yeah <laughs> no that's, because that's... okay so first of all 
Do you have any idea how much I work during this time of the year? Oh, no, it's stupid. Like, I can't keep up with it. Like, I tried the first couple of weeks. I'm like, man, I'm going to keep up with it. I'm going to watch it. And I'm just like, there's just no way I can keep up with seven hours of Pokemon four days a week. It's just not happening. <laughs> like, it's just it's just not. And even then, I think there's a point where I just kind of stopped caring. Because there is going to come up where they're going to get to a week where there's just no gym battles. Because in Gen 4, there was a 50-episode gap between gym battles. And what? Yeah, so an entire, essentially an entire season without a gym battle. Because if you were to look, because if you watch the anime, they definitely start to stretch out how long it takes for Ash to complete a league. And it mm-hmm. begins with, like, if we look at season one, that's 82 episodes for him to get through Kanto, essentially. And then the Orange Islands are like a nifty little thing. So that's like 120 episodes for him to do, quote unquote, Gen 1. And then Gen 3 or Gen 2 takes three whole seasons. That's 156 episodes, I think, for him to get through Johto. Very similar for Hoenn again. And then in Sinnoh, I think it's four seasons. And the problem with that is you've got literally only eight badges to get through for four seasons. And that's just disgusting. It takes way too long. They got better in Unova, though. Granted, a lot of people have their own issues with Unova, and I can understand them. Uh, <laughs> in Unova, he ended up... He, they sped everything along and they got through the league I think in like two seasons and then they had like a little filler season essentially kind of like the Orange Islands which I'm a fan of because they, they fleshed out they did some anime only kind of stuff and I was okay with it if you're talking about the best wishes season yeah. that season is one of the most hated seasons among many Pokemon fans oh yeah absolutely I understand why I I enjoy Unova for several different reasons than those because I think I think the biggest qualms that people have with the first few seasons of the or the the, the Unova anime, the best wishes, is that Ash just kind of like regresses to ten year old Ash, with no experience in Pokemon, and some kid who just got a Snivy just schools him, which makes sense. Like I I would understand the frustration there. I I also really hate how ever since Hoenn they've kind of been making him hit the hard reset button, and mm-hmm. not acknowledging his other Pokemon exist really. And only using Pokemon from that region. I think Unova made me feel better about it because he caught like nine and he rotated them constantly, which is better than what is typical. Like right now in the Sun and Moon anime, Ash technically, I think, still only has four Pokemon. He had five for a little bit, but then Poipole left. And so now he's back to four. He hasn't had a full team the, the entire time in the Sun and Moon series. And that makes me sad. I think he should... I mean, let him bring some of his old stuff back. Let him play around with it. I think it'd be really cool. Yeah. Like, I'm surprised they haven't done that with some of him, some some of his Pokemon. Like, particularly, let's say, the Pokemon he saw when he went back to Kanto, particularly. Oh, man. That episode but, pissed me off in so many ways, by the way. Because they went back to Kanto. And they acknowledged, like, Bulbasaur. And I think that's about all of the Pokemon of his that they actually acknowledged were his. They did do, oh. like, little nods to everything else. Yeah, oh, and Muck. That's true. They did little nods to Totodile and Corefish, I think. They, like, put them in some water scene. But it wasn't anything huge, like, oh, hey, check out all of Ash's Pokemon. He's got, like, 50 of them. They didn't do that, which kind of made me sad. I wish they would have done it a little bit better. So, in conclusion, hashtag let Butterfree come back 2018. <laughs> 
you know what? They should have did that. Well, they should have did that back in the Battle Frontier, like they should, like they, like they kind of did. At least an episode where he would have like seen it again. You know what I mean? Just let him see it again. De- maybe <sighs> one battle, and then Butterfree flies away. Though to be fair, like butterflies, butterflies, they're <laughs> butterflies, <laughs> butterflies. Uh, that would that sounds like a tasty snack. Tasty. You know what they should have did? You know that episode and um and you know what where Ash Train helps that Caterpie evolve into a Butterfree, right? That that should have been the child of his 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 Butterfree. That'd have been so awesome. Because uh, actually, Ash's Lapras got an episode where it returned and he got to play with Lapras for an extra episode after he released it. I, I think yeah. things like that would really help in, like even if he like in the Battle Frontier, if he checked in with Primeape, I think that would have gone really well. Mm-hmm. Like he doesn't have to have Primeape anymore, but check in with Primeape because he's over here doing things. Check in with Pidgeot, you know. Yo, yeah, everybody's upset about Pidgeot because he's right there. It's right there. You know where it's at, and you promised to come back for it. He said he but, was coming back. That's the worst part. Uh, it's fine. It's the anime. Uh, well, I would ask you what you're up to, but we talked instead. So. We're going to go ahead and kick it on over to the news. Coming to you live from the Lavender Town Radio Tower, this just in. And on to the news. So in the news, several awesome things are going on. The first one that I'm actually pretty excited for is that Pokemon The Power of Us pre-orders start now in the United States. If you want to go see it, either November 24th, 26th, 28th, uh, or December 1st, I think, or November 30th. It's one of those dates. But you can go and check it out at Fathom Events. You can go and find out if you want to see Pokemon The Power of Us, which is just another one of those awesome Pokemon movies. I like what they're doing with the movies now. I think it's a lot of fun. I don't know what to expect, and I'm okay with that. I expect a Pokemon movie with a shoehorned-in mythical reference, by the way. so I haven't yet had the guts to watch the Talking Pikachu movie, so... That's disappointing. I didn't think the talk... I didn't think it was that bad. Everybody blew up about it. I didn't think it was that bad. It is a little jarring if you're not watching it in Japanese. A little bit, especially if you're not expecting it. If you're expecting oh. it, it's fine. It's when you're not expecting it. I'll just watch it with, with subtitles then. Okay, oh, yeah. Well, because the difference is, like, they actually have the Japanese voice actress for Pikachu in Japan. Oh, that's right. And so they it's have. actually, and so it actually, it's a bit more fluid. The problem with doing it in English and stuff like that is that it, it's a different voice then, right? Oh. And it sounds a bit different. Oh, yeah. So I gotcha. That. But if you were if you're expecting it, also it's not as jarring. Just that initial watch is jarring, I think, especially for a lot of people. I was expecting it the entire time because I had skimmed through it and I had seen that like Pikachu talked before going to see the movie, and so like I was ready for it. But I mm-hmm. I also got to observe the the reaction of the people watching the movie from my from like a first person perspective because I doubt anybody else went and read the movie synopsis before going to see it. Uh, and I was just like, oh, this is not going to be good. People are going to be upset that Pikachu talks. Uh, <laughs> I'm like, I'm not that upset. I knew it was happening, and I understand why they put it in there. It it makes sense. We, we You just chalk it up to Ash being delusional, and you're fine. 
That's it. It's, it's essentially the Ash comes back to life moment, you know? That's all it really is. I mean, I suppose you could, like, go on a very deep tangent about how in the moment, on the brink between life and death, Ash had a transcendental moment in which he finally truly understood Pokemon speech, and then his brain rebooted and he lost the ability to do so. I mean, he always kind of understood Pikachu, right? Especially if you watch the early anime. There's like even a scene where he's like he can understand Pikachu to an extent. And so I'm, I'm not surprised. I, uh, I, I don't know. I, I, I think people blow it out of proportion. It's not as bad as it is, as you could think it is. Outside of that, I think the movie is a, like a solid nine in terms of Pokemon movies <laughs> relative to other <laughs> Pokemon movies. I should, I should put that disclaimer there. Yeah, that's a very different scale than movies in general. Yeah, I, I went through on stream the other day and I actually like listed out how I would rank every single one of the Pokemon movies out of 10 in relative to one another, right? <laughs> because they are all vastly different. I think there's a nice wide range of quality of Pokemon movies. And I'd say I'd say this one was one of the best ones. Mm. With Pokemon Movie 2000 being 10 and a half. Right? Oh, that's a 10 and a half out of Maybe even an 11 out of 10. That movie's just so mm. hype. Only, I think a lot of it's nostalgia, but we can talk about another Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think a lot of it's nostalgia, but at the same time, it's also like these are the really cool Pokemon from Gen 1 that didn't get any cool backstory in the anime, and you get to hear really cool backstory about them in the anime. No, but look, look, I can attest to the fact that. It's an actually cool movie because you guys were kids when you saw it for the first time. I was 19 and I still thought it was really, really cool. So I'm 27. I still think it's really cool. So, <laughs> But you were not 27 the first time That's you true. saw it. That's true. I was 26 the first time I saw Pokemon I Choose You, the movie, and I thought it was decent. So I, hmm. I, I have high hopes for, uh, for The Power of Us. I think it'll be solid personally outside of the probably shoehorned in zero aura reference mm. oh well oh. i mean i'm like zero aura like i'm sorry that i can't use it in battles but i am actually looking forward to going to gamestop tomorrow sorry for the fourth world breaking to get my codes oh yeah that's so. right so nice segue uh <laughs> zero aura codes in not the u.s are out for um i believe the first of the 15th um, for everybody, I think in Europe, you can go get Zero Aura. Maybe not in the UK. I might be wrong. I think, uh, where is it for you guys? Can, you guys can't just download it. You have to actually, they, they make you travel this time as you should. Well, for me, I like, I got it from a source. I was at GameStop yesterday, like updating my reservation because we finally got bundles available to like pre-order. Oh, to get like, like the, the Pokeball Let's Go, go. Plus? Yeah. Because I had pre-order Let's Go Eevee and the Pokeball Plus, but the bundle is like 10 bucks cheaper. Yep. And now the bundles are available to pre-order. And so I was in GameStop and the guy at GameStop, like he knows I'm totally into Pokemon. And he was like, okay, so keep it on the download. But here's um, Zero Aura, like the little card. We don't get the codes on the card. Like mm. they have to print them out from the machine. And so he couldn't give me a code, but he was like, this is a flyer and yeah. we're not supposed to have the flyers out until October 1st. But, you know, do remember to come back and get your code. Yeah, no, that's coming out in your in a lot of European locales. I believe it's going to come out on 
the seventh in the United States. It hasn't been announced, but they have the shiny Poipol code at GameStop right now going until October 7th. So I'm sure after that, we're going to immediately switch over to Zero Aura. We did something very similar the previous years with Mars Shadow and also with Volcanion and whatnot. Yeah, yeah. So just keep that in mind, fam. Keep that in mind. Uh, if you play Pokemon Go, we've also got some more news because this is the Pokemon Go news segment. And so first of all, <laughs> if you're hatching those 7K eggs in hopes to get those regionals you need to finish out the Kanto decks, well... Good news for you. It was supposed to end today, September 30th, but it's going to be going until uh, October 8th, allowing you to get even more of these regionals, which is good because I still need a Farfetch'd. I have everything but Farfetch'd. That's all. <laughs> and I, I just need that one and I'll be good. But I have a bunch of Kangaskhan and a bunch of Mr. Mine now. <laughs> I'm so upset I traded you Whimsicott and not Gator now. <laughs> uh, yeah, I know. <laughs> I'm so upset. I know. I- I should have just gone for the Heracross. When I found out about the eggs, I was like, well, this is disappointing because I, like, I had actually completed. Yeah, I can give you a Volbeat. Like, I had actually completed my Kanto decks before all of this. Everyone (laughs) gets a Mewtwo stuff and everyone gets regional stuff. Yep. Uh, But it, it was like, well, at least now I can stop having, like, 30 useless Mr. Mime in my storage. That's true. (laughs) That's true. Yeah, there's also, let's see, also in Pokemon Go news, Deoxys is about to hit EX raids on October 1st and October 2nd, which is when this show drops. So hopefully you got EX raid passes and you can go get Deoxys. I have one. I might go do it on my lunch break. (laughs) Only because I, I really, really want it. I really, 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 really want it. And... Let's see. Oh, also in Pokemon Go news, the next Community Day was announced, and it was confirmed to be Beldum on October, I believe, 21st uh, during the usual times, 2 p.m. to 5 p.m. Eastern in the United States. And I don't know what it is, the worldwide. I just know it's before me. So you can go ahead and play in Community Day. Go get Beldum. Shiny Beldum. I don't know if they've announced the move yet. I'm pretty sure it's Meteor Mash, though. It's going to be Meteor Mash. It's been in the code for months. Yeah, I'm really excited, though, because that's actually a shiny I care about. It's a good one. It's a good show. Silver is so nice. Silver and gold. Is so it's good. also the first community day in quite a while for me now. I think the last one that I cared about was maybe what was the one in June? I feel like I cared about that one. Uh, that was June was, that was large, large, large. Yeah, that was the last one I cared about uh, <laughs> because everything else was like, yeah, I already got a ton of those. Yeah, I already got a ton of those. And I like I keep getting the ones I don't care about. Like I got Squirtle and I couldn't do Charmander. I couldn't do Larvitar. I couldn't do Bulbasaur. Yep. Yeah, I already. I just want to build them something I actually need. You know, I just need some more Beldum candy so I can get Metagross because I need that one in my Pokedex. That's one of those things that I need to evolve yet. So I'm pretty excited for that. Oh. But if you're interested, guys, go ahead, go do it. I think they're also going to do quarter egg distance too, which is going to be really exciting. Oh yeah. So definitely do that uh, if you're interested, as always. Uh, Also in Let's Go, we got more news about Meltan, but if you read the episode topic today, you know we're going to talk more about it. We'll talk more about it later. Uh, Other than that, though, I don't know that there's too much other news. Other than there's some, like, interesting stuff. But go ahead, Whimsicott. I have, like, some pre-news. Like, there's a very, very, very good chance I get to try Let's Go Pikachu and Eevee on Friday because oh, yeah? it's avail- yeah, it's available, like, at the Milan Games Week. 
And so I'm, I'm trying to keep my schedule for like Friday morning free from any like work meetings or anything so I can go there because the crowd of school children stands on on the the venue and I get to like maybe stand in line and, and try Let's Go Pikachu and Eevee. I told Jushiro, I should tell Basket this as well. There's actually a truck going around America right now doing a Let's Go Pikachu, oh, yeah. Let's Go Eevee tour. And it's going to hit Seattle next week yeah no, in two weekends like, in two weekends it's like in in california now and it's essentially mm-hmm. going up the west coast like going inland for a bit and then going up the west coast right yeah it's so it's going it's going to go in california next weekend it was in california this weekend it's going to be in california again next weekend um it was in santa monica then san san francisco then seattle and then i believe it goes somewhere in texas one of those cities uh, I'm sorry, I forget which one it is off the top of my head. Actually, I can find this out. I think I have the page open uh, because I was looking at it because I was curious as well because I saw the truck. Yeah, there. Okay, so it goes to Dallas the weekend after that. Then Topeka, Kansas, you know, the budding metropolis, Topeka, Kansas. And then it goes to Chicago, Illinois the weekend after that. And then Boston, Massachusetts the week before the game's launch. And I feel like them going to Topeka is like when the guys from Queer Eye went to gay Georgia. Kind of. Uh, them going to Topeka, I think, was, hey, we've got this extra weekend. What's in between Dallas and Illinois? And they're just I like, that too. Topeka Topeka's close enough, right, guys? And they're just like, yeah, let's do that one, Topeka. I just want to see the trucks. A part of me wants to drive all the way to Chicago on the 3rd of uh, November just to see if we could do it. Just to see the trucks. I just want to see the trucks. I mean, Chicago's kind of a nice place, too. Kind of. Not there really. There is no Mew under them. There Chill. is no Mew under them. But maybe in the box next to it. <laughs> uh, you got oh, a cookie. Yeah. I, I, just want, uh, I just want to check out. I just want to check it out. Maybe. I just want to see the trucks and get some pictures with the trucks. I want, maybe they'll let me sit in the driver's seat and like I can pretend I'm driving. Oh, uh, that would be cool, That's though. all I care about. Uh. That's all I want. Uh, all right, so I think that's all of the good news that actually matters right now. So we are going to change gears, guys, and switch it on over to Puckle's Poke Quiz, where we're going to quiz your co-hosts on their innate Pokemon knowledge. Welcome to Puckle's Poke Quiz, the part of the show where we quiz your co-host on their innate Pokemon knowledge. They have five questions to answer today. Whimsicott and Maximus will be operating as a team so that they can score points against those of them, uh, those of their fellow co-hosts, and hopefully beat somebody to 30 points. I think it's highly competitive right now. So we'll see how that goes and how this turns out. Maybe somebody today will take the lead. If not, it's going to be a close race right now. They are playing for... Twenty dollars of PokemonCenter.com credit. I say credit because Basket is Thank too you, spe- basket. specific, and <laughs> uh, I, I used to say a plush under twenty dollars. But thanks a lot, Basket. You can uh, you can you do you, buddy. And so they, there are going to be five questions, one point per question. However, one question will have a bonus point. They have one hint to use as a lifeline throughout the questioning. However, if they get all of the questions correct without using the hint they get an additional point for a possible total of seven. So if you guys are ready, I am ready to get it started. Let's get it on. 
All right. So the first couple of these questions are going to come from Claude Nine. So I apologize in advance. Oh, no. (laughs) (laughs) Don't do me dirty body. No. (laughs) From in to out. What direction does the swirl on Polyworld's belly go? Clockwise or counterclockwise? Those are your two answers. This is a 50-50. And this brings me back to the anime. That test Ash did. It changes when it evolves to... Um, Okay, so from in to out, I'm trying to picture it in my head, and I am like... 60% 60% sure it goes counterclockwise, which is better than that 50-50 chance. What do you think? Honestly, since it's only one or the other, uh, uh, I'm not good at picking 50-50. I usually lose. <laughs> um, you said polywhirl, right? I did say polywhirl from in to out. So from the center to the out. Mm. Well, poly. Rat, wait, does Polyrath and Polyworld have the same one? No, I, I think... I I know it changes when it evolves. I think it changes when it evolves from Polyworld to Polyrath. Because I'm pretty sure Polyrath is, you know, count, is counterclockwise, I believe. Polyrath is counterclockwise. But Polyworld, that's another one. I'm going to so, need an answer. Do you want to go clockwise? On this one? Sure, let's just go clockwise, I guess. Yeah. Clockwise is correct. Do you know how I got to that reasoning? It's super absurd. Explain. Okay, so in Japanese, you write from right to left. So if you were to draw a spiral, you would instinctively draw it counterclockwise from in to out. And so, since Polywag was the first designed, I thought, if it changes from Polywag to Polyworld, the one on Polyworld will be clockwise. That is... Wait, but what's... That is, it does change... So, for those of you at home, it does change from... It is counterclockwise on Polywag, and then clockwise on both Polyworld and Polywrath. Just so everybody's clear, that is how it goes. Oh. And uh, Polytoad doesn't really have a spiral. It's just a, it's just a frog. So that is, but that is good. That is one point for you guys today. If you're ready, I'll give you question number two. This is one of my own making. And this is pertaining to Let's Go Pikachu and Let's Go Eevee. And I want to know how many dark type Pokemon are available in those games? Two. Alolan Raticate and Alolan Rattata if you import them from Let's Go. And yeah, because do they let... Eevees evolve into everything? Or do they let Eevee evolve only with the stones? And are we only talking about like official news right now? Or Uh, what? Yes. uh, So for everything we know in Let's Go Pikachu and Let's Go Eevee, how many dark type Pokemon can you obtain? Okay, so. Um. Even if you transfer remember. from Go, that's that's true. Also, exactly. Okay, so yeah. if you transfer from Go, that's the two I mentioned, and then there is also two more, which is Alolan Grimer and Alolan Muck, and that makes four. Mm-hmm. And then, if you can evolve Eevee and not your starter Eevee, we know that one doesn't evolve. Yeah. 
So I'm so so question. We don't get Crobat, right? It's just the original 151 and the Alolan forms, right, Maximus? I believe so. They, I haven't heard any mentioning of other evolutions past Kanto, at least from then, my knowledge. Yeah, that that I think it's just those four, the the, the four dark type Alolan forms. Are there any other ones that I'm forgetting? As far as Alolan forms, no. Volpix and Sancho are both ice. Mm-mm. And Marox Ghost. Marox Ghost, yeah. Yeah, and Dragon Psychic. No, I think it's those four. That's your final answer, four? Maximus? Yeah, I got nothing else. All right, that is unfortunately incorrect. The answer is six. Um, you forgot about Meowth. Oh, that's oh. right. Yeah. Oh, that, that unintentional oh. joke. <laughs> that's right yep uh, <laughs> but that gives you you're still you, you've got one point out of two questions you're okay um, well, people are gonna hate us for that one so it's just, i i've had so many alola meowts in pokemon go that i just don't want to think about that pokemon anymore you're not wrong you're not wrong to think that <laughs> all right so this next one is also from claude nine and he wants to know prior to gen six what Pokemon is the only Pokemon whose cry was not altered when it faints or is sent out with a status condition? One Pokemon's particular cry would not be changed. What? So when you would okay. send it out and it would faint, it would change the pitch, but this Pokemon wouldn't change. For some reason... Prior to Gen 6. Exactly. So, prior to Gen 6, and then it changed in Gen 6... Uh, so I'd, some more probably happened in Gen 6. Something different happened. In, because there's a Pokemon that got their cries updated in Gen 6 when most other Pokemon didn't. In fact, there's two of them. One of them was Pikachu and the other was Bidoof. So I'm thinking since Pikachu probably had all of its different cries from Yellow on at least, I think it might have to be Bidoof. Is that your final answer? Huh. Be do. I mean, I, I I know it got its cries updated. I don't know if it was about this, though. But it's the only one I can think of. Got no arguments here. So Bidoof is your final answer? Yeah. That is unfortunately incorrect. Uh, the answer is actually Chatot, because Chatot's cry was real weird until Gen 6. Oh, that's right, because you, you could record yep. with chatter. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I suppose. Yeah, I mean, uh, I didn't know the thing about Bidoof, though. That's interesting trivia. Uh, I, I <laughs> If I was into the half-point game still, I'd give you a half a point for just mentioning that. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so I mean... <laughs> uh, I'm not in the half-point game anymore, so you have to earn another half-point. <laughs> so i give you all one. Um uh, so you're still... I guess I'm just I'm just adding another person to my list of people who are never allowed to send you trivia questions ever again. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so this next question is your bonus point question, and it comes from Seth Vilo. Uh, I don't know if I trust him anymore than I trust Claude Nine. <laughs> there are actually two Pokemon lines that have the sand veil ability that aren't immune to sand damage because of their typing what are they okay one, one of them the, hur- 
One one of them's the Hurtier line. That's that's a that's a famous one. Sandvale, not Sandrush. Uh, oh, gonna, Sandvale. I'll be mind. nice and be nice about that and correct you. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, thank you. Then, well, I'm keeping quiet. And thinking so, that. Maximus, um, uh, Sandvale. What are some? Okay, so in order to be immune to sand, you have to be ground rock or steel, right? Right. So it's none of those types. Yeah. Exactly. Um, so, Sandvale, Sandvale, Sandvale. I'm thinking stuff that lives in the desert, like in Gen 3. But, uh, oh, one of them could be Maractus. Yeah, that could be, because they are in the desert. Yeah, one of them could be Maractus. And the cat, what about Maractus and the Catmia line? How about that? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I... Mm, like I'm almost sure that Cacnea does get it, but you know what? We we botched a few questions, and the next one is the base stat question. And if that is a man of his words, we already know the answer. I'm not so, because I forgot poke at the episode last week, so I saw, I'm sorry. <laughs> no, no, that you disappoint me. But anyway, do you want to use the hint to figure out if we're going in the right direction with this? We can. Okay. We're using the hint. Uh, one of these is a Gen 3 Pokemon, and one of these is a Gen 6 Pokemon. Uh, you are correct oh. about the typings. They're not, they're not ground, rock, or steel. Uh, one, is, uh, one is grass. Um, grass, and there could be another typing with it. And another one is electric, and there could also be another typing with it. Electric? Okay, so you're yeah. totally right about Cacnea. Um... And, and a Gen a, 6. An electric Gen 6 Pokemon with Sandvale. Ooh. Um, it also only, has dry skin. Oh, oh, oh on the <laughs> Yeah. All it's right. a lizard. <laughs> so Cacnea and Heliolisk are correct on both accounts. That gives you three points for today. Our next question is the base stat question, and I totally forgot who the Pokemon of the episode was last week. Though uh, you can be more than feel more than free for an extra bonus point to tell me what it was. <laughs> it was Hariyama, and it has the highest base, base HP, HP of all fighting, fighting types. Type Pokemon. <laughs> all right, there's a bonus point. Yay! Uh, <laughs> give you four points. Seriously? For today. No, please. Uh, and then on top. Okay, but now here's the real base stat question. What is the fastest dragon type Pokemon of all dragon type Pokemon? Naganadel. Wait, are we counting legendaries? We're counting everything, man. Legendaries, um, non-legends, megas, everything. Fastest fastest dragon type. Why do I just want to say Mega Rayquaza just for default for some reason? Ooh. That's another one. Like, I know Naganadel has... Really stupid. Oh, uh, alternate Crosma. It's alternate Crosma, isn't it? <laughs> Why does Gen Seven have so many freakishly powerful things with stats that are completely beyond any previous bounds? Oh gosh. So my guesses are Neganadil, uh alternate Crosma, <laughs> and yours are Mega Rayquaza and. 
watch watch, watch both of them be wrong. <laughs> <laughs> because like I I can tell you it's like pretty much none of those pseudo legendaries. Oh, yeah. The most they get up to is like most of them are one, slow actually. It's like one ten with Mega Solomons. So uh, is Mega Solomons one ten? Because Salamence is 100. And I'm pretty sure Mega Salamence is like 110 or 115. So. Mm. I'm going to need an answer. I, okay. What, which of the three do you want to go with? For some reason, I think Mega Salamence is the slowest one out of the three of them for some reason. No, no, no. I mean, uh, Alternate Crosma, Mega Rayquaza, or Naganadel. Oh, I wasn't even thinking about Naganadel. Ugh. Uh, let's go uh, Naganadel. Yeah, Naganadel is unfortunately incorrect. The answer is actually wait for it, Mega Sceptile with the <gasps> base forty-five. Of base one forty-five. The next fastest is Alternate Crosma with the base one twenty-nine. Wow, that, that's the, that's a big gap, actually. Yeah, it's mm-hmm. huge. I, I saw that one. I thought I'd be able to Mega throw people Sceptile for a loop. Exists. Yep, Mega Sceptile, man, he's so much fun. He's like the best. Uh, oh. I hope you could hear my like literal physical facepalm through the microphone. <laughs> that is four points for you guys today. You have uh, four awesome trivia points, and we're gonna we're gonna go ahead and give those to you to see where you stack up against the rest of the competitors, the rest of the field, see where you guys can, how close you are to getting that $20 of Pokemon storage credit. <laughs> because Basket has to ruin everything for everyone. Um, he doesn't want things to be fluffy. He's not my real friend. So I didn't <laughs> update anything for anything recent. Um, but okay, that does change up the standings kind of almost. Uh, I still almost. love you, Basket. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so in first place, we have Basket and Gator tied with 12 points apiece, followed up by Whimsicott in third place with 11 points. In fourth, we have Dr. Shamu and Sublime tied with five points. In sixth, po- in sixth place, we have Maximus with four points. And in seventh place, we have Sigma and Scrawn with one point. Everybody else has yet to get on the board. Uh, so that's good. Good for you guys. Yay. Let's all slow clap. Uh, and uh, so that is where we are with Puckles Pokey Quiz. Join us next week for another exciting and thrilling episode of Puckles Pokey Quiz. Let's kick it on over, though, to the topic. Hey there, Puckalonians. It's Professor Snag. Thanks for listening to the Puckle Podcast. If you want more Puckly goodness, there are several ways you can do that. If you want to chat with hosts and other community members, join our Discord server. There's always someone there to talk about anything Pokemon. Make sure you follow and like us on all of our social media outlets like Facebook, Twitter, and Reddit. Come watch us on Twitch at the Puckle Podcast and get in on the action where Joshiro plays the TCG online and Thatch does viewer battles. If you are able, please consider supporting us on Patreon where you get exclusive gifts such as Puckle TCG cards and access to bonus content. If you are able, please consider supporting us on Patreon, where you get exclusive gifts such as Puckle TCG cards and access to bonus content. Or just go to our Tee Public store and buy a t-shirt. All funds go right into the podcast and make the community better for you. 
And if you haven't done so already, make sure you subscribe to our new channel, Puckle Plus, where you can find me hosting Game Corner each month, Jushiro hosts the TCG cast, and lots of extra content including Movie Club, Battlecast, and the Puckle Live shows. Thanks for listening, and as always, help control the breedject population. Get your ditto spayed and neutered. And on to the topic. Our topic today is going to be Meltan and his announcement. I want to say announcement in question marks because it was all very weird. It all happened in a very weird time, and I have a lot of opinions about it. I know Fluffius has a lot of opinions on it. I know that Maximus has stuff to say on it. It's going to be interesting. I think there's just so much to discuss around Meltan as much as his design sucks, but we can talk about yeah. that in a little bit. So I want to ask you guys, though, um, well, I want to start with Maximus. Uh, what was your thought on how they revealed Meltan through Pokemon Go and everything? How'd that go for you? At first, I thought, okay, it's small, squishy. I guess Halloween's coming out early. <laughs> Originally, <laughs> I said, okay, ditto. Quick, okay, it's a little bit early. You spray painted yourself silver. You're carrying something on your head. And you got something coming up behind you. Okay, what's <laughs> going on? Interesting. Yeah, it's... what. It, it was just, it was weird seeing that happen. I thought that Niantic had just accidentally leaked a Pokemon. And I was just like, good on you, Niantic. You're spoiling Pokemon for the rest of us. Well, they kind of did. Kind of. But I, I think they were they were smart about it. We, but I know you have a rant, Whimsicott. Now, let, let me let you rant, like, right now. Just go for it. <laughs> Here we go. Like, okay, my rant is going to be, so I've been going up to every single person I know or almost for the past five or six days going like, do you know why the Pokemon company international could sell ice to people living at the North pole during the winter? This is why (laughs) it's like, I was blown away by the fact that they somehow managed to make us, actually discover a new Pokemon after like so many years in which absolutely nothing new no mystery no question could last for more than three and a half seconds because of data mining I I agree with you wholeheartedly I think this is just fantastic I like the way they did it um, they did so many so many reasons why they did it the way they did it one because it's hype for let's go and it's definitely bringing in... It's kind of leveled the playing field, in a sense, between Go players, the people who have just played Pokemon Go, and people who are veterans of the series like we are, and how we can walk up to them and when they complain, what's Niantic thinking with this Darkrai design? And then oh, we can gosh. walk up to them and we say, no, Darkrai is a Pokemon. They exist. Like, these are already... There are more Pokemon that aren't in Pokemon Go. I can, I can feel Joe getting triggered just from you mentioning that again. <laughs> <laughs> but at least now we're on like a level playing field with them. They've discovered this new Pokemon. We've discovered this new Pokemon all through the same medium. And we've kind of become equals in that sense. Like, because I know there is like this sense of superiority with Pokemon fans among the people who are just play Pokemon Go. And I can understand that feeling to an extent. But at the same time, it is kind of unfair. It gets people angry about Let's Go and people pandering to the franchise in that way. I think it's just good because I will continuously get plushes from PokemonCenter.com for the rest of my life because of Pokemon Go. And <laughs> But I, I definitely think it's a really interesting way that they revealed Meltan. And there's just so much. There's so much like 
I don't know. There, there's so many things to like about this, and I don't want to just go off on it like entirely right now. But there's so many things to like about it. I do want to go off on about it. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, later. we will. We have. We have. We have the entire segment to talk about Miltan and why he was amazingly revealed. And I think it goes back a few weeks ago. Well, not a few weeks ago, but probably a few months ago. We did that episode, make mythical um, with uh, with making mythicals like relevant again. We mm-hmm. had that entire discussion. I believe you were on it with Musicot. And I was. And it was such a good uh, discussion. And we were talking about how we used to be able to go around and actually go get Pokemon and have some kind of story with them. And we we asked we, we asked Game Freak at the end, maybe they do listen to this podcast, to make mythicals great again and just make them have relevancy, make them have good things go on with them. I, I really do like what they did with Meltan because maybe we don't get a cool story like with Mew. Like it, it, there's not a, uh, I called him Nutto again, um, but Meltan <laughs> is probably the closest thing that we've gotten to something with the mystique of Mew that I have ever that that we have gotten in a very long time. Yeah, because. Yeah. At least with Mew, like there was like that schoolyard rumor that went around, like, "Oh, hey, there's another Pokemon." Blah blah blah. You get it by doing this, this, and this. And now with Meltan, it's just like, "Wow, there's this Pokemon that we know nothing about, but we had some quote-unquote encounter with it." Whether instead of being rumors from kids at school, it was through Pokemon Go, and it was—it's a really interesting way to do it. I don't care that it's in Let's Go, personally. I don't think that's going to no. change the way I play the game. I just think it was a fantastic way to make me care again, though, about a mythical Pokemon. Like, yeah, Zeraora is cool, but I don't know anything about Zeraora. Like, it would be really cool to have seen Zeraora and go before Zeraora was released. Oh, gosh. Like, I keep thinking about this. Like, first of all, imagine if Kralis hadn't found the network data that he found on Friday. Yeah. Imagine just. The security event ends in the Asian Pacific region, and then this Pokemon pops up everywhere, and you have no idea what it is. You've never seen it before. Like, how many major freakouts would we have had? I would have freaked like, out it personally. Would have been, yeah. It would have been amazing. No, you wouldn't have freaked out, because by the time the event got to you, like, us and Asia... And Australia and Africa, like we're done with it. Like it's old news. I would still be freaking out when you guys were posting in the Discord, because exactly. yes, yes, it's news, but it's news I don't understand. Because this was a different play out of the Pokemon Company's playbook. And honestly, ever since Gen Six, there have been no rules. Um, they yeah. they don't follow their patterns anymore. They kind of just do crazy stuff, which is fine. That's the way it needs to be. And I like that it leaked into mythical Pokemon. I think that yeah. even though we just got a ball of solder with a nut on top and a wire sticking out of his foot, we at least get, <laughs> um, like, at least he's got some kind of mystique to him now. Like, it's interesting to me. And the truth is, like, what I told people in the Discord while, while we were discussing this is, of course I wish they had used this amazing once in a lifetime way to reveal a Pokemon to reveal an actually decent looking Pokemon but on the other hand like if it didn't look so utterly stupid you wouldn't have had people like having doubts about whether it was even a Pokemon at all because up until the moment the 
official reveal video dropped on Twitter and YouTube, there were still people claiming with very loud voices that it was just a placeholder model. That was stupid. I don't know why you would think that. Because even for me, if it was something that got into the actual game, Meltan is too well designed for it to be a placeholder. Who would design that as a placeholder? It has a shiny, like, yeah, I know Joe was going nuts on Twitter too about this. but, But the thing is, there were still people, like, making that claim and... Honestly, I, I think it was just... I was in denial. Like, like I know it's a Pokemon. It's just so ugly. I don't want it to be a Pokemon. I'm sorry, Meltan. You're a sweet guy, but no. No, you're no. Meltan is definitely a weird design. I, I, I do give you that. It looks like one of those Pokemon, it, it takes a whole lot of them together to do something. That's you're it. right. It, it looks like one of those... ROM hack games that are populated by Pokemon fusions. Oh, don't get me started. I don't think that's true. I I think it's just, it's one of those things where it's one of those questionable new Pokemon. And I think we've had several of those in the past, like questionable Pokemon designs in the past. And it just takes getting used to. And then, I mean, if you talk to us in two years, we'll be like, yeah, Milton's the real Pokemon. It fits in the Pokemon mystique in the Pokemon world. Maybe we'll get more about Meltan in the story. I, I do like that they released that YouTube video of the two professors. And oh, man. That it, was, it only said episode one. It was wonderful. And bless whoever hired Willa's voice actor, because fanning myself again. But, uh, <laughs> uh, no, it's just, it was so good. It was so cool. And I think... I think my main issue with Melton's design is, first of all, the pieces don't fit together, chromatically speaking. Like, uh, if, I don't agree with if, that. If the colors were a little bit more coherent, I would like it more, I think. And another thing is, I realize there's only so many ways you can 3D animate a blob and give it arms-like features but <laughs> it looks too much like a ditto the part on the bottom and that just makes it look as you said like a lazy design i i can't agree that it's lazy looking i don't know that i'm too upset i mean if you're trying to make a ball of solder with a nut on top look like anything that's the way you make it look that that's the way you do it why would you ever want to make something look like a ball of solder with a notch on top? That's what I'm wondering. Because that's his eye. His eye is the nut. And that that's why. Those are reasons. I, I also put my logic forward because a lot of people complain about what generation is nut, or Nutto. I keep calling him Nutto. I want to call him Nutto for the rest of my life. It's smugly all over again. I name Mythicals because I would totally name my Melton Nutto. It is literally just... Uh, smug leaf all over again Mm-mm. i like his design in certain ways but i i'm happy to see that he's not a gen 8 pokemon <laughs> so many reasons oh, yeah. why uh, one is index number is in the gen 7 index numbers which is really good news second of all he yep. doesn't follow the rule of the first mythical that's ever revealed for every generation has some reference to the generation in this design that was the first thing i looked for but that was the first thing hexagonal. that's not a gen 8 pokemon I mean, it makes sense because let's go our, I want to say Gen 7 games. I want to put that in quotes. 
because I think they are a different beast than what we're used to. I think when this is the mainline core series argument again, Joe thinks they're the same thing, which fine, that's fine. Um, but as Gator said last week, you need to have some kind of distinction between the game you play at Worlds and Let's Go. Because the, yeah. you're not playing Let's Go at Worlds. If Let's Go becomes the VGC format, I'll eat a hat. I'll do it on stream. It's I promise. Kind of, it's kind of like Coliseum if Coliseum was made by Game Freak. Yeah, game, so Coliseum was even more true to the mechanics of Pokemon, though, than I think... Um, let's go is let's go. I, I, I don't get me wrong. It's going to be a good game. I'm going to have fun. Arguably, playing it. Some people would say that stealing Pokemon and like getting similar- candy from transferring Pokemon are equally as extraneous to the Pokemon mechanics, but I would argue they're wrong uh, because stealing Pokemon, at least you're capturing it in the same traditional capture sense. Here, mm-hmm. you're not capturing Pokemon in the same way. I do agree, not as many wild Pokemon, though if you go to XD, you do have wild Pokemon. Um, and it's it's definitely, I mean, not, not true wild Pokemon in the sense that we have wild Pokemon, but it, it's almost the same. I Also, if you look at the stats between Pokemon and the way they carry over, between Let's Go and um, Colosseum, Colosseum carries the same IV EV system that Rubies and Sapphire Ruby, Ruby, mm. Sapphire, Emerald carry. I don't know that that's been confirmed for Let's Go because I know natures and abilities are both gone. So that's already like two minuses from the idea of core concept and gameplay. Yeah. So I <laughs> think that's something to consider if you're going to try to claim that Coliseum and XD are just game freak or non game freak versions of Let's Go. I, I, I won't go with that. Um, I, I definitely think that there is a difference here to be said. I, you can we can say that these are mainline games because yeah maybe they're all going to be compatible with Pokemon Bank to some extent maybe they are following main Pokemon stories and I, I like what they're doing I think it's really interesting and I, I would love to see let's go I don't know Gen two you right let's go Entei let's go Raikou right and you can did go. you seriously leave out the best one <laughs> I left out Soikun because Soikun has its own game and it needs to just stop okay it gets a lot of love. It's not because it deserves it. it. I, I don't know. I think they were just making a third version game. They're like, "Hey, we need another legendary." They're just like, "Well, Soikun," and then they're just like, "Yeah, okay, I'm okay with that." <laughs> that's how. That, that's how we got Soikun. Obvious choice. It's blatantly superior to the other two design wise. <laughs> I think it was because it was number six, but we'll we'll get back to that another day. Uh, I. I really, I'm excited for that. I, I'm excited to see how the the Let's Go portion goes forward. But I think I don't know that we can definitely say that Let's Go and the a game that is a co- competitive centric game like the one in 2019 will be are exactly the same beasts. I won't. They, there has to be a distinction that's made, and there will be one at least in the community. And I would like to point out even somebody like Joe Merrick who says, "Hey, Game Freak says that they're mainline." Well. A lot of terms have started out in the community that Pokemon has adopted, such yeah. as shiny, shiny, evolution. Mm-hmm. These are all things that the community started. And I would also argue that Nintendo has a history of kind of lying when they don't know what something is is, is or what they really want it to be. Um, an example of that would be the DS when that came out. They claimed it was going to be a third pillar to their systems. Uh, obviously not. It took over the Game Boy line. Uh, same with yeah. the switch 
the switch was going to be a third pillar of the of the market where it obviously wasn't we that one i think was a little bit more of like a lying to your face type deal we all knew it was going to take over the console market and people are yeah. just like well it's going to take over the 3ds i'm like but the 3ds is still selling way stupid much uh it's, it's selling a stupid amount of consoles still i think it's like the people who are saying there is now like our pokemon main series now has two sides like finals yeah you're perfectly right i think that there's two sides i the one thing i'm really curious about the one thing i don't have a really good answer for in terms of let's go's role in how it will shape the franchise going forward is how it will affect remakes because i'm not entirely certain that we'll ever see that gen 4 remake that people think is going to happen wow i had never thought about it because let's go might fill those shoes it depends on what they You're do with right. the next Let's Go game. But Let's Go might fill the shoes of, hey, let's remake a region, right? Because the idea here with Let's Go is you're going to draw on a lot of people. And honestly, I think if you do a Johto version of Let's Go, it's going to be even better, right? You're going to get a lot of people coming over because Gen 2, I think, were hands down some of the best Pokemon games that were made. Um, and people do remember that. So... There was at least a lot of care and love and thought and put into them, and they made them the most complete Pokemon games you can possibly have. And I think that will carry over into another Let's Go franchise game. Yes, and I mean, it, Gen 1 and 2 were always like a package deal. So Yeah. yeah. So I, I could see them doing a Gen 4 remake still, like in the competitive style. I could see them doing that, but I don't feel very good about it. All I hope is that we don't get a quote-unquote third version that's like Sun and Moon or Ultra Sun and Ultra Moon. I think those oh, were gosh. some of, those were the biggest disappointments I've ever had of the Pokemon game. Sequels are bust. It, honestly, sequels are bust <laughs> at this point. I think Black and White Two just really ruined it for everybody. And the problem that Black the problem is, I think they were looking at sales numbers when they made that decision. Yeah, and not at actual like potential or quality. Yeah, because if you look at if you look at, I, I do think Ultra Sun and Ultra Moon are better games than Sun and Moon, but those are the games that we just should have gotten to begin with. Yeah. And, uh, which disappoints me, because there wasn't enough added there for me to think, oh, this is a better game, other than Blacephalon, Stack Attack, and Naganadel, and Zeraora. All Pokemon with a minimum four vowels in their names. And let's Let's put it this way. If you're quote-unquote platinum version is so bad that in order to sell it, you need to put new Pokemon in it for the first time ever. You know, it's not very good. Yeah, I just... That's really what got me with that. And I I think Black and White 2 was done very well. I think the problem was Black and White really rubbed people the wrong way. So why would you go to Black and White 2? Why would you want sequels to the game that you didn't want to play to begin with? Black and White 2 were absolutely awesome for everyone who actually bothered to play them yeah, after I think, played Black and White. I think those were the best follow-up games that have ever happened. So I really hope that they kind of go uh, back to that format. Even now, then, when you say follow-up game, be mm-hmm. like I'm a little bit... Uh, define follow-up game just in quote case. Quote-unquote third version. That's what we'll say. Quote-unquote third version because... Um, the the game that's in the same generation, a game that's in the same generation, but comes after the first mm-hmm. game of that generation. If that makes sense. So like, 
to be fair, that's really the only game, if you think about it, that comes right after it. That's a that's an official sequel to the same game in the same generation. Mm-hmm. To the other games in the same generation. Because all the other games yeah, they just, are not sequels. They're just remakes or we, we can We can have this discussion on another episode, but because yeah, because I have a lot of ideas about this, and I wanna I wanna be able to talk about it. Just to be sure, just for the too long didn't read slash too long didn't want to talk about it because if not, I'm gonna rip out my throat. I think that if you look at third versions and you watch how they've ev- like if you if you actually look at the content that's included in every third version every generation, you actually see it progress very significantly, and it t- it actually peaks at black and white too. And then Ultra Sun and Ultra Moon, I think, were just very sad follow-ups to that. So exactly that if I you think- go through it, I mean, if we would have gotten Z, I think we would have all been okay with it to some extent. But we oh, yeah. Z version didn't happen, and they're just like, "Hey, this is the first time we're going to be doing like a follow-up game again." And we were all really hyped because they were showing us these differences. And then we get the game, and we're just like, "Okay, this is the exact same game I just played." Exactly. Do you and know we what I think a third version that really did it right was, and I think it was, it's a kind of concept they could expand on. I love that in Emerald, mm-hmm. like in Sapphire and Ruby, you got like the problem was either Kyogre or Groudon, and in Emerald it was like best of both worlds. They are both a problem, and you have to get Rayquaza to calm them down. And I was thinking, do you know how Fire Emblems, Fire Emblem, like, Birthright and Conquest work? Yep. Okay. So if in the main games we are actually able to stop having games for five-year-olds, because that's Let's Go now, and we have a slightly more complex story, I would absolutely love if, like, you can give me almost the same game, but... You give me two sides of a story, and then, surprise, there's a third side, because both sides were not actually the complete story. And you pull an emerald, but like Fire Emblem with a good story. That's an apt description. And I think on that note, we should probably stop before we record an entire second topic to the show. So... (laughs) uh, That's where we're going to cut it, guys. We're going to be right back at you, though, with the Pokemon of the episode. We'll catch you on the flip-flop. Pokemon of the episode. And welcome to the Pokemon of the episode. National Dex number 475, Glade, the Blade Pokemon. It's Pokemon Heart Gold and Soul Silver Pokedex Entry State. Because it can sense what its voice is thinking, its attacks burst out first, fast and fierce. I I feel bad for Gallade, actually. It kind of feels like the Edward Scissorhands of Pokemon to me. Um, That's not his hands. That's his elbows. It's his elbows. Okay, never mind then. Uh, I do like Mega Gallade, though. He's always ready to duel. <laughs> he's always he's always ready to duel. He's got his. Uh, he's about to. He's about to play his trap card. Uh, but Galate's actually a decent Pokemon. I believe it's in. Uh, it's either. I think it's in OU. Yes, I haven't. I didn't double check. I usually double check before the segment, and I didn't double check. It's probably borderline. Actually, it, it might be borderline. Yeah. That makes sense to me. UUBL makes more sense to me. But let's let's actually double check. It is what? Uh, you know, it is okay. So Mega Galade is UU borderline, um, mm-hmm. and regular Galade is PU borderline. 
PU? Yeah, so it's really it's banned from PU, but it's not in uh, it's not exactly NU. I believe that's uh. more of a usage thing because the borderline tiers, like when you get down that low, are typically just like yeah, the usage say it should be in PU, but it's too good to be in PU. Uh, yeah, that's totally what they are. That's what the borderline Seriously, tiers are. No one is using Galade and you. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm perplexed. surprised. Galade is not bad. Like base Galade is uh, 68 HP, 125 attack, 65 defense, 65 special attack, 115 special defense. That's what blows my mind. And then 80 speed. And in NU, 80 speed is not that bad. In RU, exactly. 80 speed isn't that bad either. Yeah, you just scarf it and you go to town. Yeah. Uh, Mega Glade's not bad either. I'm I'm not surprised it's UUBL. Uh, I think it's more of a usage thing right now. And if there's just like one tip in the meta, you could actually have Mega Glade be relevant because Mega Glade's not bad. It's 68 HP because it's Mega, 165 attack, 95 defense, 65 special attack, 115 special defense, and then 110 speed. They added all like their 100 base stats in all of the places it mattered for Mega Glade, unlike yeah. some Megas where they don't place it well. Because what they'll do is they'll be like, well, here's 20 special attack on a Pokemon that doesn't need special attack. No, none of that garbage. We shoved 40 into attack, guys. We shoved 30 into speed, and we shoved another 30 in defense. All of the stats that Gallade needed to be bumped got bumped. I think think the problem with Gallade's usage is that he never recovered from the insurgents of bird spam. It's not just that. It's also the increased prevalence of fairy types. Exactly. If Gen 7 was good to anything, it was fairy type. I, irony, it used to be one. <laughs> <laughs> Every like fairy type was just very good to everything but him. He does get I mean he's got a good move pool though. It's super deep. Well, it doesn't oh, get it's poison great. Jab? It gets knockoff, shadow sneak, uh it gets close combat, obviously. It gets uh well Zen you know, lots of stuff that like- You'll never use like Thunder Wave, but it gets um, De- poison wind. jab. It gets poison jab. Technically, gets icy wind. Well, <laughs> who cares? It yeah. gets poison jab. It gets Stone Edge. It gets uh, wow, <laughs> so much stuff. It's actually not bad. And one ten speed's a good speed tier. For oh, yeah. I mean, I I think that. I mean, he's good. And he's got good coverage just with his two-stab moves, honestly. Mm-hmm. Um, Mega Glade, Swords Dance, Close Combat, Zen Headbutt, Knockoff, 252 Attack, 252 Speed, Run at Jolly, you're good to go. That's, that's your game. Good game, and guys. for some inexplicable reason you need it, it learns Leaf Blade. Yep. What? <laughs> uh, to be fair, its arms do look like leaves in Blade form, to be fair. Yep. True. If you're ever just like, man, I'm having a lot of problem with Swampert, just go get that Leaf Blade on Mega Glade. <laughs> Honestly, I, f- I feel like more people should try to use it in VGC because like, it, it, like, its ability seems useless, but it's not in VGC. Justified? No, it's justified, but when it evolves, oh, it's it inner gets inner focus. Yep, yep. So you can't be flinched by Fake Out. And... Gallade actually learns skill swap. So you can't use Mega Gallade in VGC right now. Not right now, but when you can use Megas. I don't think that ha- I think that happens in January. If yeah. I might be wrong. Yeah, no, because there's no Z moves in January. 
but there's megas. So um, yes, I yeah. am correct. It, it's it, it's VGC 2016 with Gen 7 mons. Uh, that's what that's what Moon series is. Yeah, that's all. That's all. But <laughs> Glade's a good Pokemon. It's not terrible. I think he actually has a decent shiny. Unlike a Ooh, lot of Pokemon. Like, it's really good. The, like, the blue is really good. I wish the red didn't turn to orange, though. Yeah, that's true. Well, blue and orange, I don't think, is a bad color scheme, to be fair. I, I don't mean, think they, it's a bad one. They go well together. I just don't like them together. In the TCG, Galate has seen some good uh, things together. One being that uh, the best card that probably has come out and one of the most prominent cards for Galate that's come out was the one from Breakthrough a few years ago which was actually seen in Worlds last year in 2017 because it was part of this Gardevoir GX deck. Um, this card has 150 HP for a Stage 2. Uh, Premonition is its ability, and once per turn before you attack, you may look at the top five cards of your deck and put them on, back on the top of your deck. That works really well with the Octillery that used to draw cards from the top of your deck. Uh, that was also from Breakthrough. Um <laughs> Uh, that these are all out of rotation, but they still see some play in expanded. And on top of that, his attack is a double colorless, so you can run them run him in a Gardevoir deck without a problem. And for a double colorless, he does Sensitive Blade for sixty plus, which says if you played a supporter card from your hand this turn, this attack does seventy more damage. So that's one thirty, because you're probably playing a supporter card that turn because this is the Pokemon TCG. And if you're not playing a supporter card that turn, it's because you don't have one in your hand and yep. you're having a bad time. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> that's, the, that's the real answer. I mean, it was a good card. It was very prevalent in the TCG at the time. And I, it's something that I remember. You used to be able to get them from blister packs as well so that you could just like tear it up with some cool Gallade-ness. Because I just remember being super hyped for Gallade coming out too when it was first announced in Gen 4. Because I'm like, yeah, this is really cool. Glade's like a psychic fighting type. First psychic fighting type. Well, no, second second fight, psychic fighting type. But first one that mattered, looking at you, Medicham. <laughs> <laughs> no, for, honestly, I was like, wait, there was one before that? <laughs> yeah, that's, what you, that's exactly what I'm telling you. Uh, it, it was just really cool. It was a cool concept. The Dawnstone in general, I think, was always a cool concept. Like the two Pokemon that use it, both Frostlass and Glade, I think, are really cool concepts for the Dawnstone. It's like awakening yeah. this inner power in these Pokemon that didn't know they could do it before. So, But only if you're the right gender, which, whatever. It's fine. You have to put some restrictions on it. If you're going to complain about gender-based evolution, looking at uh, Salazzle, looking at Combi. Um, poor Combi. Yeah. <laughs> poor guy. He's, he's not very good. Exactly. He's Unless not... Burby gets to evolve whatever it is, then it's trash either way. But <laughs> quite literally, but I'm just quite literally exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Glade was one of the cooler evolutions to come out of Gen Four. Also, one of the least uh, one of the least fat evolutions to come out of Gen Four. Um, so look, it's good, true. Good on you, Glade, for not becoming a chubby guy, unlike every other Gen Four evolution. I mean, it had hips. It kept the hips. It did but... keep the hips. That's true. It, it, it just all goes straight to his hips, you know? And yeah, that's Gallade, though. Gallade's a cool Pokemon. I would suggest using him if you can. Honestly, you could. I, honestly, he's probably a new you, literally just because of usage. And he's probably viable. He's probably viable up and overused, in my opinion. It's, you could probably make it's it work. Like, 
It's really good. It's probably not as reliable as some other stuff. That's true. But if you get it going, it's really good. I mean, base one fi- one ten speed is phenomenal. I don't care what tier it is. It's just the right. Mm-hmm. If it was one eleven, it'd be even around, better. Uh, yeah. Guess who's one eleven? The genies. Yep. Uh, I hate yep. them so much. <laughs> I felt like the designs were better. I don't think I'd care as much. But man, yeah. I, I, I just can't get over it. I hate their designs in both forms. Mm-hmm. And I hate everything they represent about competitive Pokemon. I did not know this, by the way. Galate and Gardevoir are the only Pokemon capable of Mega Evolution that are in the same evolutionary family. Well, yeah. Poor Slowking. Poor what? Slowking. Yeah, Slowking got shafted on that. Hey, don't forget Frostlass, too. Yep. Oh, that's right. Mm-hmm. And that uses a Dawn soon. <laughs> yeah. Man, Dude. Mega Frostlass would be so cool. Mega Slowking would be even better. Imagine just, like, a giant shelter hat with, like, little tiny stubby shel- uh, Slowking legs. That's no. all I want. That's all I want. No. Slowking no. is so cool. I wish he was better. <laughs> I wish he was better. He got to be... A relevant part of the best Pokemon movie ever. That's true. I just think his design is better than Slowbro's. And oh, I it wish, is. Oh, yeah. And he also has a slightly different move pool than Slowbro, which makes him kind of better in ways, but not in the way that Slowbro is just like, hey, I'm a bulky boy that's going to stay around forever. So uh, that's unfortunate. But that's It's that's, kind of like a chancy and blissy situation. Yeah. Kind of, except one's worse. Well, isn't Slowbro more defensive and Slow King's more special defensive? That's literally it the is. only difference, is that their defense and special defense stats are swapped. That's the only difference. And that does make a difference because we have things like Assault Fest, which can compensate for that. And we don't have a defense version of Assault Fest or something like that. I think if we saw that, you'd see Slow King rise in popularity. Yeah, but they can burn, you know, make defense coverage. Though. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. All right, so... That is where we'll cut off our delayed coverage. We're going to kick it on over, guys, to the mailbag. It's mail time. It's time for the mailbag. Send in your emails. And welcome to the mailbag. The mailbag, as always, is brought to you by the energy drink, Green Toros, the energy drink that gives you hooves. Hooves. And as always, we'll give the Green Taurus badge to somebody we think is worthy. Um, for those of you who are new to the show, the mailbag segment is where you, the listener, can become part of the show. You can send us an email at pucklepodcast at gmail.com, and we will, of course, try to read your email on the show. There's typically a prompt. Last week, we wanted to know about your TCG experience and how you got into it, what, what you'd like about it. This week, I want to know, what are your thoughts on Nutto? I'm really curious about that. I'm I hope we can... <laughs> Do something really cool with Nutto and or Meltan. Oh my gosh! I literally just thought his name was Nutto again. Yeah, yeah, same here. I laughed as soon as you did it. Oh god, I just did it again. Um, and so yeah, let us know your thoughts on Meltan and how cool that was. So once again, PucklePodcast at gmail.com. But before then, we are going to get into a couple of emails. Our first being from B Flare. B Flare says. Hey, Buckle. This is my first mailbag. Well, welcome to the mailbag, B-Flare. 
I started listening to the podcast two months ago, and now I have something to look forward to on Mondays when the new show episode drops. Congrats on building a really freaking awesome show. Oh, man. I appreciate uh, that. I'm getting choked up. Thank you for checking us out and for sticking with us. And thank you for finding us awesome. I am in the middle of both getting into VGC and TCG. I grew up playing Gens 1 and 2, and they have slowly been reintroducing myself to Pokemon's X and Y. Your stories about Gens 3 and 5 help me catch up. Mm, awesome. When it comes to the TCG, I have been able to pick up the mechanics fairly easily after playing Hearthstone for the past 4 plus years. By the way, Pokemon TCG is such a good game for anyone who is bored of Hearthstone. But it is less intuitive than Hearthstone when it comes to theory crafting decks. I have mostly just been playing theme decks online and with my wife, but I'm interested in playing more competitively. I know I could copy the decks from past tournaments, but I feel like that takes away half the fun of strategy card games. Do you have any cost-effective tips for how to explore this standard card set in a way that allows you to discover decks? I have always been more of a theory crafter who likes to play against the grain slash meta, and I'll have way more fun with the TCG if my decks feel more personalized to my natural playstyles, if it means losing more often. I'm willing to sacrifice winning up front in order to stumble upon fun decks that are different from what we typically see in tournaments. I want to experiment with some decks online before introducing myself to my local store, but I'm stuck trying to figure out where to start my theory crafting journey. I started with the idea of building a deck around my favorite Pokemon Gengar, but I'm discouraged from doing so since it isn't GX, and Puckle has mentioned that Gengar isn't very competitive right now. Do you have any suggestions for GX cards that could sync well with Gengar, or do you recommend a completely different starting place? Thanks, Beefler. P.S. I am that person who plays more when I lose. So the answer to that is I don't know how good Gengar is currently in the. I haven't played a lot of the current rotation, and by by I haven't played much. I mean none at all. And <laughs> so I it's just because Sycamore is gone, and I've been too stunned that Sycamore is gone, and I don't know what to do with myself. So uh, I don't know that's a good place to start. I would definitely go listen to TCG Cast. They probably have a good way to do it, like play against the grain, but. I honestly, if you want to play online, honestly, if you want to get more into that, what I would do is go buy code cards online. You can pretty much get them for probably like 50 cents a piece, maybe 50 to 75 cents a piece online. And you can get a bunch of packs and you can end up just trading those away for cards that you do need after you get like a good base set of them. Um, and you could find some cards to do and then you explore. I typically always explore on TCGO before I actually buy cards to build physical decks. So that that is my suggestion to you. Um, I also do have a wife who's really into collecting, so I I have like infinite code cards almost all the time. It seems like, um, just like sitting around my house, I'll just be like, oh, here's just like a stack of twenty code cards, and then I go put them in TCGO. And so I have that that advantage over most people. Uh, If you do want to get the against the grain, well, first just find out what the meta is, find out what kind of thing you would like to see break the meta, and then find a card that does that. And then do it. I mean, that's that's probably the way to do it. Go about it. Just read it. What every card that's in every set, and that's how you figure it out. And then come to the tournament with Mega Audino and win it. Yes, and <laughs> then and then win worlds with Mega Audino, and then that card never sees the light of day again. 
But there, there you go. There, those, those are your words. <laughs> you know, Thatch, just as an aside, when you said Sycamore is gone and I can't get over it, for a moment, I was like, dude, it's been like eight years since he was on the show. Has it been eight? <laughs> you can make it. No, <laughs> more like six, but still. Well, he, was, he was on the show, I think, two years ago. I did that like extra show because Christmas. He I typically was. I typically yeah. pre-record like three episodes around Christmas time. Uh, that way, I don't have to worry about it. No, but what I wanted to convey was it wasn't me being glib. Like for a moment, I honestly thought you were talking about Professor Sycamore, your friend who founded <laughs> the show. Yeah, with you. Okay. I was like, he's gone, and I just can't handle it. I can't play the TCG. I remembered. Oh, wait, the card. <laughs> I can't play anymore because he's gone. Okay, guys, I can't play. <laughs> Never <Sorry. live> <laughs> no, but seriously, like, okay, so uh, I don't know if B. Flair knows what I'm talking about when I'm, like, referencing the Mega Audino thing. But yeah, the, yeah, this dude came in, like, last year, was it? No, it was uh, it was two years ago. It was 2016. And yeah. he won world with the Mega Audino card, and like this card was played so often that they essentially had to get someone in to retranslate the card because this player was Japanese because nobody knew what the card was or what it did. <laughs> but uh, like it wasn't so much that he had come up with an incredible deck that no one had ever thought of. It was just like he knew the meta inside and out, and he said, what breaks it? And the very unlikely but correct answer was Mega Audino. Mega Audino. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah. I, I think I, I think TCG Pokemon TCG is one of those games in which like, you can get creative after you have, like, gotten a little bit into the meta a little bit more than with some other games that's true i would agree with that mega it's Audino. boring but it's it's what it is mega Audino's card by the way three colorless magical symphony for 110 if you played a supporter card from your hand this turn this attack does 50 damage to one of your opponent's benched pokemon oh god it's like a it's like a damage dealing Greninja. Ugh. It's like almost Greninja, but not quite. It's just like super bulky Greninja. Um, interesting. That just kills all of your shamans. <laughs> yeah, that would knock out all the shaman. Back when, oh my gosh, this is getting old because we're talking about shaman ex now. Um, yeah. Okay. <laughs> okay. Okay. We're done. We're done now. <laughs> all right. Uh, so our next email is from Savage Fire. You've got this one, uh, Maximus. <laughs> hey, Puckle friends, Savage Fire here. It's been a while, and I know, I mean, a while. So it feels good to write back to the mailbag after semi neglecting to write on to Discord during a busy summer. Either way, you can have two my two cents on the Pokemon TCG. I think that the TCG is a lot of fun to get into and learning the decks and strategies that work makes it so much more fun. However, 
This being said, it is very expensive to keep up with all the good cards. Yes, it is. That's why I stopped doing that for a while. <laughs> Had to um, wait till stuff go out of rotation. Play <laughs> 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 pickup games. <laughs> and if you don't have much money to spare, it is hard to keep up. Anyhow, that's all for today. Thanks for taking the time to read my email. 10 extra, extra, extra large size flip-flops. Savage Fire. Those are some big flip-flops. Yeah. Uh, all are, right. they, are they like 10 little men's flip-flops and there's just 10 of them because each one fits two feet because it's XXXL size? <laughs> I don't know where Peter Parker is today, but maybe he's missing his flip-flops. Um, and, uh, so that ends our mailbag Thank segment. Thank you for that beautiful moment. Uh, <laughs> Although I inside thought, jokes I abound right Peter now. Parker at some point, but whatever. Yeah, it's fine. Uh, so thank you. That's it for the mailbag this, this, uh, week. Like I said, next week you could email us at bucklepodcast.gmail.com letting us know where Meltan is. We did have some more emails this week. Unfortunately, there were not time to read them. I would like to put out a friendly reminder as, uh, is sometimes necessary. Uh, if you guys do send in emails, do try to keep them somewhat brief, like 500 words max. Let's say that. Uh, we did receive some very, very long emails this week that we could unfortunately not fit in because uh, they were far too long, including a roughly 1,300-word email. Um, <laughs> so just just as like a reminder to everybody on the show, um, human beings could only read approximately 150 words a minute. So if you write 1,500 words, you're taking up 10 minutes of the show just reading your email. We can't discuss it. So make sure you make them reasonable links. We appreciate yeah. it. And we appreciate you. <laughs> so that is going to be it for this week. So if you want more Puckley goodness, you can, of course, check out all of our social medias at Facebook, Reddit, Twitter. All of those can be found at PucklePodcast.com as well as in the show notes. If you want more Puckley goodness, we just put out a battle cast on our Puckle Plus feed, and there's going to be a TCG cast if you want to get more into that. So you can find that at Puckle Plus, our second feed with the orange Pokeball, the the level ball, actually, so you can level up your gameplay. That's a I feel like that's an underused slogan. We need to we need to step up our use of the the slogan of level up your gameplay. And then you can of course always hang out with us on stream at twitch.tv slash the puckle podcast where you can also help support the show by subscribing with your Twitch Prime membership. Uh, we should be having a, an exclusive emoji for Twitch soon. I'm working on it. I just got to get the letters to be the right colors. And once that's done, new emoji. It's going to be really cool. Uh, mm -hmm. People who were on stream with me last night got to see a preview. So it's going to hopefully it comes out looking pretty good. And you guys can go check out a new emoji and get that use on Twitch. And then support your Puckle Pride when you go elsewhere in the Twitch sphere. You can also support the show in a couple different ways by one, going to our tea public store and getting some sweet new digs and t-shirts and stuff. Yeah. I got to put the new logo up there. I keep forgetting to do that. New logo will go up there this week. I promise I'll put it on my board, but you can also buy drift blim daycare onesies for your child and a t-shirt for yourself. Of course. I recently learned that tea public also does canvas and posters, by the way. Oh, I didn't know that. All of our stuff is up with there with with posters and canvas, by the way. So if you want that, you can get it. Uh, and then, of course, if you want to directly support the show, you can do so by going to patreon.com slash the or no patreon.com slash puckle podcast. 
where we do exclusive stuff. Right now, we're actually running a giveaway for those of you who are on there. We also do the exclusive uh, PTU podcast on the Patreon as well. I finally set it up so that you get like a personalized Patreon RSS feed now that we do audio. So you can kind of just plug that into whatever you use to listen to podcasts. And you can download the audio that way. So definitely check out that. Uh, we really appreciate all the support. Of course, none of it's ever necessary. And I would like to remind everybody because I feel like I don't do this enough. But we never spend any of the money from Patreon, from Public, from Twitch on ourselves. We always use it just to improve the podcast, improve the community in some way. If we don't spend it on microphones or on software that we need, we will spend it on prizes for our tournament, such as the WWTC, which should be starting as soon as I post this episode. And it, so just keep that in mind. We don't use it. This is not for self-gain. This is just to go back in the community and make it a much more cool and awesome place. So I would like to thank everybody who already does it. And of course, your names will be at the end of the show, like always. So I guess that's it but for me. Please, please, please stop butchering my just say the fluffy wimps. I'm sorry. <laughs> uh, call yourself the fluffiest whimsicott in the name roll call so that when I scroll down, I see it. Um, that's that's really the answer. Everybody everybody mentioned it to me because I just went by real names one day because I got tired. And so everybody's like, could you just call me by my handle? And I'm just like, but your handle's not what's on Patreon. And then I have to like mentally translate it, you know? Just, just, just remember, brother... They are both long E's. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So that is going to be it for the uh, episode. I'm Trader Thatch. I'm Mr. Maximus. And I am the fluffiest Wincy Coat, Wakanda Forever, hashtag Pocklecoat Inside Duke. And as always, uh, here in the Lavender Town Radio Tower, it's closing time.
Thanks to everybody at our Patreon for supporting this show. Thank you to Viger, Duly Noted, Ten Little Men, Andrea, The Fluffiest Whimsicott, Dr. Shamu, Snag, Dexio, Jushiro, Rotted Mushroom, Bosephus, Alvarin, Seth Vilo, Minor Manetric, Claude Nine, The Beauty and the Geek, John, R. Sigma, Doc McStuffles, Nathan, The Golden Klefki, Trevor, TJ, Doc Knox, Shambles, Birdkeeper Cobra, Daniel, TreyB31, Greg, Alec, Mikey, Ozzy, Jedi DJ, The British Gent, Sparky, Nick, Dylan, Shira, Ironcaster, Orange Avenger, Michael, Clifford, Joseph, Hazelnut, Thomas, Michael, Curtis, Echo, Anime, Gravy, Travis, Inferno, 235, Alex, and The Really V. Because of you guys, we can do a lot of cool stuff. And just a reminder, you can get an Alolan Golem named Margaret that is shiny just by depositing a Dupider named Puckle onto the GTS until Thursday, October 4th. So go and do that if you want to get some cool free stuff, guys. I can't wait to talk to you guys later, and I will catch you on the flip-flop. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.